Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack, he is Frank. Uh, we got a, a very fun show today. Uh, we're going to talk some over-unders for the Bears offense. Um, you know, some key players on the offense. What numbers we think they're going to put up. What numbers we think they may not put up. Uh, whether it's positive or negative. But first, Frank, story broke today that we wanted to discuss, you and I. Because... Uh, <laughs> You know, I and the reaction to it, Frank, I, I've I've been pleasantly surprised by by Bears fans. Um, I think it's a little little new age kind of fused with the old old meatheads that I, I I've kind of been kind of loving in terms of the response to it. So, uh, what is that? You might be asking yourself, loyal listener. And uh, the answer is the Bears lost an off season practice. They weren't allowed to practice. Because they were playing too physical in the offseason practices, CBA, you're not allowed to do that until a certain period of time. This was meant to just be non-contact stuff. And Eberflus took, took one look at that schedule and said, fuck that. <laughs> we're doing what we want to do, boys. Let's let's get to it. Uh Frank, what what did uh, first impressions of of the Bears losing? Are you are you mad? Is any part of you like this can't be happening? You know what 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 did you what did you think at first when you first saw the story? Jackie, this is how I know I I still have a little bit a little bit of Homer in me when it comes to this team. You know, it, it, as much as we, you know, can be and usually are unbiased towards this team. When I saw that story, dude, I fucking loved it. It was just like, I it be because my my thoughts were, you know, these are walkthroughs anyway that they had to miss out on. I mean, it, it is what it is. So the first thing I thought was like, Matt Eberflus is really fucking walking the walk. Like he he's talked about the hits and the physicality, and like Ryan Poles has talked about the the mean. He needs his guys to you know to just be ugly and and just just really you know physical, and. For me, this is them walking that walk. Like they, they are, they, they're implementing exactly what they've talked about. Um, so my initial thought was like, they probably learned more in that practice or practices. I, I haven't seen like the exact details than they would have through and you know through any walkthrough. You, you don't, I don't think you have yeah. too many takeaways with the walkthrough. So I know some people were looking at it like, oh, like it was negligence, and look here they go making a mistake. And this is where I say this may be the homer that still lives inside, like the little kid that's like the Bears are going to win the fucking Super Bowl every year. Because I was like, they did this shit on purpose. They knew they wanted us knew what they had early, even though we have no idea. I don't know if we'll ever know if they did it on purpose or not. But my first thought was like, they knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah, baby. They're getting ahead of the league and they're fucking taking heads off already. Like that's <laughs> that's where my mind went. Um, and again, I don't think we'll ever really know. They slapped a fine to them and uh you know, we missed out on her practice. I was trying to find the tweet before we talked about this, Jack, because the list of teams that have been hit with this fine and missing practice is really fucking good. It's like it's like the, the 2012 Seahawks. Like the list is like these physical ass defenses. The Ravens of the early two are, are the, the late 20 or early 2010s. And I'm like, oh, yeah, baby, we're, we're this is this is good company to be in here. So I I, I took away and that's why I wanted to discuss it, because I think it's more of a fun thing. But I yeah. took away like all positivity and literal literally zero negativity. I don't know how you feel about the whole the whole matter. That's. 
<laughs> yeah, at, at first glance, you're just like, you kind of roll your eyes and you're just like, oh my God. Like, how do they not, do they just not know the schedule? And then you're like, kind of, but you're like, they're, they're, there's there's no way that's true. There, there's just no possible way that Eberflus, who's been around this league a long, long time, didn't know the schedule. I'm, I, I think you're right. I think it was kind of a thing where they're just like, maybe got a little ahead of themselves. And then they maybe were just like, well, who's... <laughs> Who's gonna find out? Like, let's just let's just keep going. Like, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was a funny story. I mean, my, like anyone who thinks that missing one practice on June seventh will make any sort of difference in the outcome of how this season plays out, you're you need to get some some new perspective. It's just that's just not the case. I I thought it was funny. I also agree with you. I was like. I was like, I kind of like, good, good. Because one thing that we didn't really see from this team since like 2018, even, and now I'm not talking about defense in general, I'm talking team overall was just like a competitive, a competitiveness that you need to be able to be, if you're not going to be the most talented team in the league, you need to be able to play it as hard as those teams as well. Um, and, and play even harder you know, than, than most of those really, really super talented teams. It's just something that I think this team lost, you know, a competitive edge. They were still always just trying to figure things out. Um, and I think that's one thing that we really liked about the hire of, of a defensive coordinator in terms of when it happened. Just like, keep it simple. Let's, let's get, let's stop overcomplicating. And, it, and, you know, Sean McVay talked about it in the off season as well, pretty recently, actually. He was just like, getting ahead of myself with the offense like let's just we have the players let's just play football like it's it's getting back to basics it doesn't need to be matt Nagy's intricate offense that takes three years for everyone to learn it's it's just what do our players do well let's do that and then so so i agree frank i I thought it was a pretty funny story it's it's definitely going to be completely forgotten about in the you know, when the preseason starts and the actual season starts, no one's going to look back and be like, well, <laughs> remember that practice they missed? Maybe they wouldn't have lost 47 to 10 to the Packers on, on Sunday night football. All right. How about that? Jackie, can I just say too? another thought that crossed my mind was I was like, what if they didn't, they weren't being physical. Like what, what, like to them, like they were just like, Oh no, this is like non-physical, but the NFL deemed it to be too physical yeah. and, and Aberflus was like oh that was that was physical to you I don't know I, I just started to, to have these thoughts like what if what if that wasn't even really physical for them and they were saving the good physical for when they could actually do it like that it's always funny like th- this is the first time in a while where like that sort of like Homer positivity started to create I was just like oh yeah this is it the Bears are the back. Like and, it just, the black and blue division. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, I honestly, I think the last time I really felt that I was like a kid. I can't even like pinpoint the exact. That's how long ago it was. I can't pinpoint the exact time in which I was like excited about a stupid little story like that. But I actually was like, that's what makes it funny to me. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what the off season is for. It's it's for you know enjoying these moments, especially if you have. Uh, an assumption like you and I do that this team probably isn't going to be very good this year. Uh, you know, 
you, you got to revel these moments. You got to revel in these moments a little bit more uh, in the offseason. Just have some fun with it because it's just not – it could get ugly. So yeah. you want to you want to enjoy these while it lasts. That's but I do I'll think – I, I think to your point, and it's not even to make too big out of a deal of it, because it could ultimately mean absolutely nothing at all. But it does feel like a story like that does feel like a culture change for for good or for bad. Whether people loved it or hated it, this is a culture change. Like this is a sign of that, that things are different. Um, and, 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 you know, we'll see whether or not that different means a good football team in a year or two. But we weren't getting these reports, you know, with 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 Matt Nagy. And honestly, if we did think about what our thoughts have been like this fucking guy, we're you know, like we're in year four and Nagy's do, pulling this shit like it's it's even the the sentiment around it from the fans they wouldn't have reacted the same way if it was Matt Nagy like that is a culture shift. Yeah. Yeah, and uh you know we'll we'll see if it translates to to you know how they play in season. Like I said it's 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 kind of a non-story to be honest. It's you know we you're seeing all this stuff in the off season at least on the field stuff with you know Christian Watson oh I can't can't catch a ball or you know, Traylon Burks always got asthma. It's like they, people are just looking for oh, pretty much anything and everything. Um, and, and it's all under the microscope right now because there's just really nothing else to talk about. Uh, I, I will say, and and it, this is at least in, in my circle, I don't know about yours um, in terms of, you know, whether it was on you know, Reddit or Twitter or wherever you, you know, interact with other Bears fans. Um, I didn't really see a whole lot of what I expected to see, which is – here we go. It's over. This team's stupid. Again, they don't know anything. They're dumb. They're dumb. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the schedule. How do you not like? I didn't see a whole lot of that. So that was that was some positive, uh, some positive feedback I received. I I, I kind of saw a lot more people saying, you know, kind of kind of looking at it how you looked at it, where it's just like, good, good. I know. Absolutely good. <laughs> Same. I saw an overwhelming amount of people uh, who felt that way. Like the very first tweet that I saw was just a neutral, like general NFL reporter, I think. And then it was just a bunch of Bears fans and, and like Bears reporters and the quote retweets like, fuck, yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. But Jackie, I mean, I, I'm ready to move right along here. Just like Jack said in the intro. Um, this is all about the offense sort of prop bets. And, and going into this, we were hoping that some betting websites had these available and we can just sort of discuss the way we feel. Um, and unfortunately, I couldn't really find that. I don't know if it's just too early in the year or or what, but I couldn't find those anywhere. So I went ahead and made my own over-unders for um, these players. So I made them for Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Cole Komet, and Vellis Jones. We could have gotten into the weeds a little bit more with the running backs and, and maybe even further down the chart with wide receivers. I mean, maybe sacks allowed for old linemen, but I, at that point, it's, I mean, fuck. I mean, how, how much in the offseason could we really be? Hmm. Um, but when, in regards to the, the other receivers, in regards to Monty and the rest of that running back room, I think we will sort of talk about them as we discuss why we think th things will be over or under. Um, so I don't think it, it's necessary to, to, you know, even 
set exact over-unders for the rest of the guys. Um, all that said, we're going to save Justin Fields for last. And we know he's the most important piece to this franchise and to this team, not only this year, but hopefully for the next 10 years. So if you're only looking for him, fast forward about 30 minutes and, and he'll be there. But uh, yeah, we want to save him for last. I think he's going to be the biggest talking piece uh, when it comes to all this. So Jackie, I want to start with David Montgomery. Um, and I set his over-unders a few different ways, but but mainly looking at what his rushing stats were the last couple of years. So year one, he, he had a 890 yards. Year two, which was like his coming out party, 1,070. And last season, 849. Obviously, he was hurt a, a, a little bit. And all three seasons combined, a league are, are the uh, average per carry is 3.8 for David Montgomery with the league average being 4.4. So he, he's, he's a little over half yard under that league average. Um, you know, speaking for that, and Nagy had some blame, all that had some blame. I get it. So, you know, just sort of toss that is what, what it was, but I set these more in line with, you know, his past stats. Cause it, for as much as we ragged on Nagy, he did start to actually run the ball. Monty's carries were just about, they were above league average the last two years. He did run the ball. Our problem with Nagy was that he didn't do anything else with the offense off of the run. So he wasn't setting, you know, setting anything up with it. Um, so I would assume Monty's going to get just that amount of work, not a little bit more. So I set his rushing yards to 1,050 yards, assuming he plays 16, 17 games. What are we thinking with that, Jackie? Over, under, push. I'm. Hmm. I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> tentatively, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna get a little bold with this. Um, okay. And then I'll explain why. Uh, Luke Getze's offense seems to be more focused on on run heavy. Um, it sounds like this offense might even go through David Montgomery a little bit more. Uh. Just in terms of volume, I think he should clear that pretty easily, especially in a potentially better offense, uh, better offensive system, a more com- competent offense as well. I think I, I do think the offensive line is going to be better than it was in years past. Um, I do think the threat of different ways to beat a, a defense will be there as well. You know, that's something that we unfortunately saw with this offense a lot in, in the past, especially with Matt Nagy was it was very predictable, right? Like you had, you, you kind of knew what they were going to do based on personnel. Um, they have a fullback now. So it, to me, they're going to obviously use that as a little bit more of a lead blocker. I find that pretty interesting. I think that'll definitely help David Montgomery a lot too. Uh, the, the, the way I could see it not becoming the case is, I don't think this off this this team will just put guys in the background just because they're reserves. Like Khalil Herbert is going to play a lot more than he did under Matt Nagy. Khalil Herbert was really damn good when he was in, but then as soon as David Montgomery back, he was boom right back to the bench and barely even used, which is just negligent in itself. Um, so that's the thing I could see maybe hurting him a little bit, but. I, I still believe in David Montgomery's ability. Uh, the injuries obviously have me a little concerned, but even with that, you know, even with him dealing in with with injuries, Frank, like he 
doesn't he still puts up pretty good numbers. So I'm I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over rushing yards. I I'm gonna go slightly under. I think he will have a little over a thousand, but I think for all the reasons you mentioned when it comes to the other running backs, I think I think the offensive philosophy is gonna be to build off of the run, but not necessarily be run through just one player. I I, I could see, I could see a scenario in which like both him and uh, Khalil Herbert have like 800, 900 yards. I think it's going to be much more of a 50, 50 split. Um, I think w- which sort of leads me, this is going to be, I think the, the big debate amongst prop bets. One thing, once things happen, I set the touchdowns to six and a half, because that's just about where he was six, seven, eight in that range. But the, the style difference between him and Khalil Herbert, and th- this is why I set it there instead of higher, because hypothetically, if, if we know Montgomery is the lead back, I would have set that way higher. But Khalil Herbert's a little bit more of a bowling ball than him. And, you know, you get down those goal line situations. I don't think Lugetti is going to do what Matt Nagy did and continuously outthink himself in those situations. I think he's going to get it to. to you mean like running uh, like like running five verticals at, nine, at the nine yard line? <laughs> exactly. Like running five verticals at the nine yard line. Um, but then and in, in that case, you would think if common sense, as we know it right now, you would get that Khalil Herbert would get more of those goal line carries. Um so six and a half touchdowns for Montgomery. What are we thinking? Well, let me and, say and this is ru- and this is well. rushing. Just, I was just, gonna say. just rushing. Gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna take the under. I'm I'm gonna take Ooh. I'm gonna take the under, and I don't necessarily think that that's a detriment to David Montgomery. I just think like what we were talking about. I think Luke Getzey around the goal line is gonna have multiple different options that. Matt Nagy chose not to use in in his offense. So, for example, Justin Fields, obviously a threat as a runner to score, you know, to punch things in. Like I said, they have a fullback now. They might try to utilize that a little bit more. Khalil Herbert is is going to be there. Um, maybe they do some jet some jet sweeps with uh, Velas Jones or with Byron Pringle or something like that. Or Maybe they just throw the ball a little bit more towards the <laughs> towards the red zone. Use Cole Komet and a, a, a little bit more often. So, I just think that there's going to be, in terms of rushing touchdowns, that's just not really David Montgomery's strong suit. Um, so, I'm going to say six. I'm going to say six is probably more realistic. It's hard for me to see him going over that. Yeah. I, I took the under as well. I, I think like four or five uh, is going to be for him. But to your point, I think that's going to be a good thing versus a bad thing. Because um, even even thinking of Justin Fields and what more they could have done with him inside the 20 with his legs. I mean, think of those those crazy play, crazy play made against the Niners. Like he, he did all that by himself with, with that touch. You would think with the smarter, more common sense approach bootleg actions where he has the option, like a, you know, a one read option and go type of thing. I think his rushing touchdowns is going to take away and not necessarily in the negative, but just goal line situations from these running backs, which leads me to the last over under for David Montgomery receiving yards, 300 yards. Um, and that, that was just about smack dab in the middle, maybe even on the higher end of what he's done in his career. Um, and I think the player, the two players that take away the most, out of that is Treston Ebner, the fifth or sixth round pick, um, who looks to be very versatile. But then also Velas Jones. I know there were reports early that 
We may line him up in at running back in certain situations, even if that means, uh, you know, starting or, or lining him up at running back and then pushing him out wide um, just to see, you know, if a linebacker's on him or if the nickel's on him or whatever. Um, but I think those two players could take away into what Monty does in the passing game. So over under 300 yards for David Montgomery receiving. I'm going over this. Uh, it's uh, not even a, a second thought to me. If, if this team, you know, let's say you and I are, are opt our optimism is misplaced with guys like Cole Komet, Byron Pringle, uh, Velas Jones, like things like that. David Montgomery is probably one of their better receivers overall. So what do you do? What do you want to do? You want to get your guy, your best players, the ball as much as possible. Uh, even being hurt, you know, he still put up 300 yards passing. Like I, I are receiving, I should say, I, I think he's going to be just fine. I think 400 is a, is an easy, easy hurdle for him. Yeah. Um, I'm going over as well. Uh, I, I actually thought I, I probably should have shot a little bit higher than, cause I thought maybe you would have been closer to the 300, uh, range than me. <laughs> and I thought I was going to be the one jumping out the window going over, but yeah, I'm going over. I can also forecast a scenario, Jack. Maybe not for a full season, but maybe a couple of games at a time throughout the year. This coaching staff has talked about versatility so much. Like we we are not super concerned with an X and a Y and a Z the way that you all are with receivers and who's going to do what and who's going to be where and who's going to be the slot. I can forecast certain games, Jack, where Herbert is the lead back and Monty gets a ton of slot receiving opportunities um, or both of them are in the backfield and, you know, it's it's a play action fake for, to to or, or a play action through Herbert with a, a pass in mind for Monty. Like they've talked about this a ton, and again, a lot of this is conceptual. We don't know what it's going to look like, but you know, uh, Tristan Ebner was a sixth rounder, or fifth rounder, whatever he was. Like we don't know. I, I feel like I've spoken about him. Like he's just going to be the sure thing, and he he may be. Like the, the, these talent, these there's been a lot of talent in these late rounds over the last few years for the, the entire league. But in the case that he's not ready to step up and get that sort of role, that sort of hybrid type of thing, and maybe Velas Jones proves to be better on the outside than the inside, and you're running three wide more often than not with uh, with Pringle, Mooney, and, and Velas, and you need someone a little bit more on the interior, we know Herbert can run the ball. Maybe. You know what I mean? Who who the hell knows? But then you're also talking about other things that maybe they put Komet out wide. Well, not necessarily out wide, but just wider than tight end into the slot. Like right. They talk about versatility so much that it makes me believe that there's going to be like some anomaly games that I don't think you're able to take a lot from, but maybe they see a weakness somewhere. All right. Well, we're lining up Monty in the slot, you know, for 60 snaps, this game, 40 snaps or whatever it is. Like, so I think there will be like, maybe in totality, certain games, he'll have like 50 yards receiving 20 yards receiving, but there might be that one fucking game where you're like, damn, David Montgomery had like 130 yards receiving today. Like what the hell, what the hell happened? Um, so yeah, I, I think that'll be, uh, that'll be way over. Um, yeah. I think before we get to the receivers, though, Jack, I, I do want, as it stands now, things can change. We can make addition, subtractions, whatever. How do you feel about uh, the running back room as it stands with David Montgomery seemingly being the lead back, Herbert being more of like the one B, um, and then with the potential of like Bellis Jones getting a carrier to uh, trust in Abner? Do you think they have to add anything or would you be comfortable rolling in with this unit uh, going into the year? If this were a team that I felt was like a player or two away uh, from making a serious jump, I'd be like, yeah, they should probably add a more proven running back, like a Kareem Hunt type player or something like that. Um, 
I I think where this team is at right now, I think this is probably a pretty good running back room as is. You know, th- there'll be guys that they can add throughout the throughout the season. We already know that. You know, Devonta Freeman is out there if if they really you know if something happens and injuries start just kind of like cascading, then yeah, probably add a little. But um, I, I like what I've heard about Tristan Ebner so far. I like obviously what I saw from Khalil Herbert when he was given opportunities last year as well. I, I think this running back room is is fine as is. Um, I think they'll probably finish around maybe middle of the pack in terms of total numbers and things like that. Um, which isn't bad. I just don't know. This team just isn't very good to the point where they like need top end talent. Um, I, I think it just gives them a chance to see what they have. And in David Montgomery, you got to remember this. You know, front office didn't draft him. This coaching staff didn't pick him either. So they need to see what they have in him. If he fits their style. If he fits their scheme. Same with Herbert and Tra- and uh, and Ebner as well. No, I. I agree. Um, and I think they're all, they're all vers- like the, 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 the room itself is versatile enough that, you know, if one goes down the, uh, the, they, you know, maybe like Monty isn't as good of a route runner as, as Tristan Ebner or, you know, uh, Khalil Herbert isn't as good at cutting as Monty is, but they can all do a little bit of what the other guy can do. Like there's enough versatility that I don't even think we would need to add unless like you said, health becomes an issue, um, before the year throughout the year. Um, but yeah, we can move over to receiver. Um, I want to start it out by, by, by asking you this question. Uh, if this offense is going to be successful, this is my opinion, and I want, to, I want to see what you think about it. The sort of pecking order of receiving options needs to look like this, in my opinion. Darnell Mooney being your one, who takes obviously a pretty significant step forward to be like that guy. Cole Komet being your, your two. As I know he's a tight end, but just talking about receiving ability. Byron Pringle is another, I mean, you know, we started to see articles of like, could he be the Akeem Hicks signing to this, which I think is a phenomenal comparison. Like he's going to need to be that like Hicks wasn't Hicks until he came to Chicago. He took a significant steps forward. Um, Byron Pringle would be that third option. And then you're talking about guys below that, like Vellis Jones and whoever else makes the roster amongst like Daz Newsome and uh, Dante Pettis, who knows what that bottom's going to look like. But you know, Vellis Jones is going to be your your fourth option um, if this is a, a successful offense or a professional offense or somewhat of a good, like not a shit show of an offense that we've that we have uh, that we have seen. And, and what I mean by that is like Mooney is clearly the number one. He has the chemistry with with um, with Justin Fields. But I don't want my number two and three and even like four and Vellis Jones, if it falls that way to like, oh, they're just there by default. Like they just you had to have a number two. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like these guys are clearly taking strides forward and it's clear what that pecking order is. Do you agree with that pecking order? Or do you think like someone else should be higher, lower? I think that's probably about right. Uh I know you're a little bit higher on Cole Komet than, than I am going into this year. I, I think people lose sight of of how good uh Byron Pringle was in that Chiefs offense like yeah he didn't put up you know the big numbers until really last year but I I think last year was his best year by far he's still a pretty young receiver he didn't you know he was fighting for opportunities (laughs) from a guy like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey who had been with uh who had been with Patrick Mahomes since the, the pretty the very beginning so 
I think Byron Pringle has an excellent opportunity, and I fully expect him to to make a pretty good jump in terms of numbers um, and just overall play, I guess. Maybe not necessarily statistically. I, I would expect him to, uh, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't always equate to what he actually did during the year. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't know, Frank, like what else, like how much higher Darnell Mooney can go. Mm-hmm. Like, is he capable of a 1,400-yard season with 13 touchdowns? Like, I, I, ju- I just don't – I don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out this year, I think, because he's going to yeah. have a lot of opportunities, obviously. No, 100%. And I, 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 opportunities is going to be a big part of what we talk about with these over-unders and such. Um, but, so, I mean, the debate for you is pretty much Pringle and Komet, like who, who is two, two and three, and I think that's fair. So we'll start. We'll start with the the clear number one in Darnell Mooney. Um, th- this was a little bit of you know the jump he made from year one to year two, um, but then also thinking that this is probably going to be a run first team. That this is going to be a build off of the run type of team. So it, you know e- even if the run isn't successful, they're going to s- hopefully stick with it to continue to to work off of play action and such. So I have his over under for yards. At 1,150. I think he had just over 1,000 last year. So this would be a jump of 150 yards, we'll call it. Um, over or under? I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I don't feel super confident about it, but I'm going I'm to go over. I, I'm, I'm thinking 1,200 yards should be the baseline. I think right around there is it, it should be, you know, he doesn't have – to compete with Allen Robinson falling down all the time. Uh, Jimmy Graham isn't going to be taking away targets from him. Like this is, this is the the show between Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields. Like this should be the primary focus of this offense when they decide to pass the ball. I, I don't think with Darnell Mooney speed, 1200 yards is that ridiculous. Like if there's a couple games where he breaks away and just goes on these, you know, goes on some long runs and breakaways and things like that. I think 1,200 is very realistic, especially in 17 games. Like it's like that extra game, you know, it, it boosts those stats a little bit more. Yeah. So that's that's my thinking is is I, I understand the run first mentality because you, you're right. I think that's what this team is going to be. However, I think this team is going to be behind in, a, in a, quite a number of games. Uh, they're probably going to need to throw the ball a, a lot more than we're probably going to expect them to. And Frank, if, if we're being honest, we need to see Justin Fields throw the ball. We need to see if he is the real deal, you know, if he's the quarterback of the future. And I'm sure, you know, the front office feels the same. So I think 1,200 yards for a number one wide receiver, as much as they've touted Darnell Mooney, you know, he's going to take us to the Super Bowl. Why the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl? Darnell Mooney. Boom. That's the answer. Don't, don't even think twice about it. So, yeah, that's the answer I'm going with. I'm going with the over. Yeah, and I I was slightly over that as well. I was just at like twelve hundred yards is what I thought, and that's why I thought that number was good because it's I, I could also say again it's it could even be tedious when it comes to these predictions because if he has one game that's sort of under you know like throws you off your trajectory, he could be at like one thousand and forty yards instead of or like one thousand one hundred forty yards instead of twelve hundred. So it get a little bit tough, but I, I agree. I think with the opportunity that he's going to continue to get or the opportunities he's going to continue to get this season, um, that's only going to help those numbers, which I think is a good segue into um, the receptions over under. 
because uh, speaking of opportunity, Darnell Moody had 140 targets last year. That, that was with him being still the wide receiver, too, even though Allen Robinson just, you know, totally fucking mailed the season. He didn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> so I, I would potentially I would think that if we throw the ball somewhat on par with how much we did last year, that those targets would go up a little bit from, I mean, cause like top tier receivers are getting like 180, 190. If not, I mean, some two of Devontae Adams gets fucking 250 every year. Um, so over under 90 receptions for Darnell Mooney, he had 70. Well, I, I forgot to jot that down. He had like 70 or 80 last year over under 90 receptions. Hmm. This is tough. This is really, this is, this is done. I'm, I'm going to go under. I'm, I'm going to take the under. Um, and, and my reasoning is, I think 80, 80 is about where he's been kind of 80 to 86, I think, is, is kind of his, his range. And like you said, this is going to be a, a run first offense. And, you know, in, in terms of just yards going up, my expectation is that those explosive plays that we did not see with Matt Nagy will be much more prevalent in this offense. They'll take those deep shots. So while he may not be, you know, Jalen Waddle, who's getting 140 catches a season and, you know, that's how he gets to that yard total. I think those big plays will help out with more of those reception yards uh, or receiving yards, I should say. So receptions, I'm going to say is about, 80 to 85. I think that's a little bit more realistic uh, for, for a guy like Darnell Mooney. So I'm going to go with the under for this one. What about that's you? That's fair. Yeah. And and I had that similar train of thought where, and, and I think we'll get into that much more with Byron Pringle. Cause I looked up his stats uh, with all of this, just like I did with everyone when he was with the, the chiefs. And I think they're starting to tell on themselves in terms of what they want to do with this offense. Um, you know, based on based on the Byron Pringle signing. But I I think he's going to be a touch over. I think it will be in the 90s, like 92, okay. 95 in that range. So we're not too far off. That's why I thought 90 was a good place to put it. But the total philosophy, I agree with you, Jack. I don't think he'll necessarily get the 140 targets again. I think there's going to be a little bit more efficiency if Justin Fields can be accurate downfield, because I think that's the type of offense that they want run first. I mean, I think it's going to look a lot like early Russell Wilson with the Seahawks type of offense, like run the ball first, um, some scramble plays, some, you know, design runs for the quarterback until we feel like we're comfortable enough to start really letting you loose. And, uh, you know, where it's, it's like clear that, this is a passing play. Like it's five, five out wide, no running back or just whatever. Um, and I think especially early in the year, it's going to look that way. Um, unless Justin like continues to crush it in OTAs and like the preseason, like, dude, let's just take the training wheels off. Like we're ready to, to do whatever. Um, but I think they all understand at least from what they've said, what we know of Lou Getze, that in order to develop a quarterback, you know, obviously without surround, you know, without only surrounding him with like super elite talent, it's, it's helping him out in other ways, which are, are, are pretty common sense things to do. Um, last thing for, for Mooney here, uh, touchdown total. I, I have the over under at four and a half for touchdowns. Um, and again, I sort of took that with that philosophy of he may get a lot of big plays and yet rack up the yards. But once we get to the red zone, he may not be target he's really not a red zone threat once we get down there uh over under four and a half i'm going over um 
I just think the the past the previous offenses just really held back what what he can do. And I mean, Jesus Christ, like the incompetence to reward or to not reward your best players with really good plays was just frustrating. Like he'd go to Darnell Mooney would make this big splash play and, and almost every other coach would be like, all right, let's go back to Darnell. He didn't score. Let's get, let's get him a touchdown. Maggie was just like, all right, who's the eighth tight end that we signed just a couple days ago. Let's get him the ball. Let's go. Come on. And then he just go hit or Jimmy Grant. Like it was just so obvious who he was going to target. I think Darnell Mooney for, you know, as much wide receiver to talk as we've had about him. I think if he is going to be a focus of this offense, like we expect him to be, those touchdown numbers are going to go up four and a half seems easy. He should crush it. He should seven or eight should be right around his, his total, his total target. So I'm going way over for that. I went over as one. I was thinking like six. So you're you seven, eight. We're, we're in the same ballpark with that. Um, I, I, I guess I, I'm curious to see, because we know how fast he is. He's a burner. Like when we drafted him, the, the thought was like, he may not be the best route runner, but he's going to take the top off of defense. And he's proven himself to be a much better route runner. Or at least he's worked on that part of his game. So he's better than where he was when we drafted him. Um, but I'm curious to see what defenses do if, that speed starts to become like very prevalent. Like, do, do they start playing this? And it's not like, let me preface and say, I'm not saying we're going to be the chiefs offense, but we have seen that with faster weapons. I mean, cause make yeah. no mistake. Byron Pringle Pringle can fly. Darnell Mooney can fly. Vellis Jones can fly. These guys are fast. So are they going to play that sort of cover two shell where it's like, you have to beat us. You have to be in front of us. You're we're not letting you get behind us. And like what, adjustments Lou Getzi and the offense would make based on that. And that's, that's sort of where I put that four and a half at. Cause you would think some of those are going to be longer touchdowns because he is so fast. And Justin Fields is very accurate downfield. Um, moving on to who I, I deemed the, the, the second uh, player here receiving wise and Cole Komet. So uh, I don't think we have to be as in depth with, with explanations, but I have his, his over under at 900 yards. And obviously that's, that's a pretty significant Ooh. step. I think he had Ooh. six, 50, 700 last year, over under 900 yards for Cole Komet. I'm I'm going to go under. I think 900 is just like that. I know that's the jump you're expecting. Uh, very rare do tight ends. Very rarely do do tight, like top end tight ends are the ones who are usually going like 1,000, 1,100 yards. Uh, I, I need to see it to believe it from Cole Komet. So I, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Um, I just think his yards are going to be more effective. Like, like he may put up 650 yards again, but I think it's going <laughs> to, I think it's going to look a lot better than, uh, it does it, like, it's going to be more sporadic, right? Like last year, it felt like he'd go, you know, two games with like, you know, six catches each and then like 45 yards. And then the next four games, he'd go like, one catch for 10 yards and just not make an impact. And then, you know, you go one game where you just go like 10 catches for a hundred plus yards. Like, I just think he's going to be more used um, throughout the season, but I don't necessarily know if that translates to big chunk plays. So I'm going to say 900 is probably over. I, I was thinking more like 750. Like, I think he'll take a jump, but I don't know if it'll be that much. That's fair. And I I think that's where we differ just in terms of setting, because mine's a little bit under two. I think he's going to be in the 800s. But I think our mind, like 
when you when you told me that Byron Pringle would is more of that pecking order number two, I almost feel like I should when you said that I should have flipped the over under because I think I know what your over under is going to be for Byron Pringle now. Um, uh, but in, in my mind, he's the number two option as it stands. Um, yeah. And that's just something we we differ on. And I, either way, I'm OK. If either one of them or both of them make a jump and it's like flipped <laughs> on its head, I'm fucking fine with that. Um, yeah. But then going over to the touchdowns for Cole Komet, obviously he had none last year and it really wasn't his fault. Like to your point, it's not like he was dropping touchdowns. You made this point earlier uh, as it pertained to Darnell Mooney. It was like, oh, here goes a great drive. And like, here goes Cole Komet who made two really big third down catches. Let's fucking throw Jesper Horstead in there to get this touchdown. Jesse James, get in there. Like, yeah. yeah, Like what the fuck are we doing? So I don't think things like that are going to happen. I set his over under to five, five touchdowns for Cole Komet. I'm going to go, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to go over. Oh, but no, I'm going to go under. I think five is probably his. I think five is where he maxes. You out. think it's a push? I, I, I would I would like him. Like I said, I would like to go over. I just, I just haven't seen it from Cole Komet yet. Like, I'd love to be proven wrong. But I don't know how much emphasis this this – offense puts on tight ends um just based off the fact that they didn't draft one and this seemed to be a pretty good class to do so uh with like trey mcbride jelani woods like i'm not saying i I wanted the bears to draft a tight end in the third round because i think then you and i would be having a much much different conversation about this front office um but they didn't really add one in the later rounds or really sign a, a, a big name either um so I mean, maybe they do just maybe they just believe in in Cole Komet. Maybe you're you're spot on. I just I just don't I don't know I, I don't know if I buy it uh, uh, completely. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go right around five. So I'll take the under on that. That's fair. I I'm, I'm taking the over with seven. I I think I, I'm with you mindset wise in terms of yards. It may even look the exact same numbers wise, but I think visually you'll see the a, a much bigger impact. I think it's going to be utilized just better. Uh, in, in an offense that, you know, knows what they're doing. But I do with that said, I think he's going to be more utilized in the red zone because he, he like literally wasn't given the chance last year, uh, which makes yeah. zero sense. I mean, Jimmy Graham was like clearly I mean, he could still do the jump ball thing every now and then over the last couple of years. But it's like, ugh, I mean, it was, just, it was it was stupid the way they, they utilize that tight end room. Um, and then moving over um, receptions. He had 93 targets last year, which I didn't. I mean, that was higher than I thought. It, it, like looking at it, I would have thought he got like 75, 80. He had 93 targets last year, which is p- pretty high. Uh, but again, th- thinking of the overall philosophy of the offense, I don't know. If, I mean, he may match that or get close. I don't think he's going to be significantly over that. Maybe he gets to 100. Um, so with that in mind, I have his receptions over under at 65. It's a good number. That's a good number. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little over. I'm gonna go a little over. I, I think 70, 75 is probably uh, realistic. Uh, a realistic number for him. I agree. That's exactly where I was at. That's why I thought 65 was yeah. perfect because I, I can see a yeah. world in which he gets in like the low 60s, but still has a, a solid year. But then. In mind with red zone targets being probably a little bit higher, that that, that should go up a little bit. So I'm I'm with you. I'm like low, like low to mid seventies. Um, 
I mean, if he gets in the 80s or 90s, fuck, we had a really good fucking year. <laughs> or or yeah. like everything went completely wrong. I guess there's two <laughs> ways to look at that. And he's like your wide receiver one because everyone else is hurt. Um, so moving on then to Byron Pringle. And again, I, I feel like your numbers are probably going to be overs because you 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 have him pegged as like the number two guy. So for yards, I have him at 750, which is still a jump for him from last year uh, in that Chiefs offense. But I have his over under set to 750. Yeah, you're you're right. I'm going over. I think it's probably going to be closer to 800, 850, somewhere in that range. If he if he does end up becoming the wide receiver too that I think he should be uh, in this offense, then yeah, I think 800 to 850 is is more than realistic for him. No, no, I I, I think that's completely fair. Um, and I for me, I have it slightly, slightly over. Yeah. I, I think I think him and Cole Komet will both be around 800 yards. Um, this next season, which leads me, I, I, and I may have shot a little bit too high here with the touchdown. So I have his over under at four and a half. I had it the same as Darnell Mooney thinking like the splash plays downfield. Once we get in the red zone, they may not be targeted as much, but that may be even a little bit. That may be a little bit too high. What, what, what do you think? Four and a half over under touchdowns I'm, for Byron Pringle. I'm, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go okay. over. I think, okay. I, I think five to six, I, I'm not saying he's going to catch 10 plus touchdowns or anything right, right. like that. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to go five to six. Five to six for him is, is is realistic. Going into this conversation, I thought I was going to go over, but the more we've talked about things, I, I think he's going to be at like two or three, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I just think the more we sort of philosophize as, as to what this offense can be like, I think he's going to be less important in the red zone, and he's going to be more of a 20 to 20 type of guy um, with, with more chunk plays. Um, now this is the portion, Jack, where, where when I was looking into this, I, I think the bears a little bit told on themselves. And this doesn't mean that Brian Pringle is like the fucking diamond in the rough. Like he's really a wide receiver one and no one knew it, but I think we got a, a, a look into what they want this offense to be and a look into w- what they think Byron Pringle is and what he can be, what he can project to be. So last year he had 60 targets in 42 receptions that's fucking efficient that's really really efficient yeah now part of that is patrick mahomes being really good down the field and even just like giving his receivers a chance if we can draw one comparison between justin fields and pat mahomes and and for everyone who you know has pat mahomes as like the baby goat and the best i get it i'm not trying to say justin fields is pat mahomes or anything like that but he throws a really fucking good deep ball. Like, I, I think that was one of the very first things that this coaching staff and front office analyzed was like, maybe we got to work on the timing. There's things we have to work on footwork wise. Fine. But look at his fucking deep ball. Like he can. So that's what we need to support. That's part of supporting his strength, which to me started to, we sort of already talked about this with the philosophy of like, we're going to run the ball, but when we do throw the ball and, and especially when we're working off the run with it, we're taking shots downfield. Byron Pringle fits that profile perfectly. And, and, you know, that, so, so I I guess with all that said, I had his over under with receptions set to 60, which would be a jump from his 42. But then I'm also assuming a jump from 60 targets, because like we spoke of earlier, there's going to be higher opportunities for him. He, he, He was stuck behind, you know, quite a few people before they were drawing up Byron Pringle's name there. I mean, McCole Hardman was getting targeted for him certain games. Uh, Demarcus Robinson was getting targeted certain games before him. I mean, he, he was a little bit lower on the pecking order than he will be with the bears. What are you thinking with 60 receptions over under? 
I'm going to go over, but only like by like two. <laughs> I think 60 is like the perfect number. So I'm going to go like 62, 65, I think is a, is a pretty good number. Because, I, I, again, I, I'm realistic. I know this team is going to run the ball a lot as well. So there's may not be as many targets or opportunities in that sense. But, again, outside of him and Darnell Mooney, this wide receiver room is light. So I, I'm thinking right around there, 62, 65 for, for him I- makes sense. I was thinking the same. I was thinking 65 was the number I had in mind when I came up with that one. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, if he is that sort of Akeem Hicks sort of signing where it's like this guy's way fucking better than everyone else in the league thought he was, it's not out, out of the realm of possibilities for that to be 70 or 80. Um, I, I, again, I think I really it's, it's going to depend on how – how much the coaching staff trusts Justin Fields. Cause like you said, we are going to be down in certain games. This defense isn't going to be dominant. Like they, they have a chance to be top 15, but I think realistically they probably fit anywhere from 15 to, to 20. They're not going to be a bottom unit, um, but they're not going to be a dominating force. That's like cutting the field in half all the time for this offense. Um, and with that are going to come more passing opportunities for Justin Fields. And Byron Pringle is the number two receiver on this team right now. Right. That being said, Darnell Mooney hasn't really established to be the number one. There is a universe out there in which Byron Pringle could be the number one receiver. And, and maybe that means Darnell maybe isn't as good as we thought, or Byron is much better than we thought he was. So like, there's a little bit of wiggle room with that where like you can see him sort of shooting that number out of the water. But I think realistically, I'm right there with you. Um, lastly, with this wide receiver group, this one was a little bit tough because I, I don't know exactly how they're going to utilize Bellis Jones. We know he's going to get a lot of work, punt return, kick return. But to me, and, and even as we've had this conversation, this has been sort of confirmation for me. I think a successful year with Bellis Jones, forget numbers, is him being more of that Swiss Army knife type of guy. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though, Jack. The one thing that's going to keep this kid on the field regardless is he's a really fucking good blocker. Like, like we've been talking about how much they want to run the ball. He is not scared to get his nose dirty in those blocks. Like they were showing some of his, his, his blocking highlight tape. And it's like, that's what gets you drafted in the third round, even though maybe people weren't as high on you. Like the NFL teams look at different shit than what fantasy people look at. They're just looking at how good is your route tree? How versatile are you? Can you catch the ball? This and that, like, he got drafted there for a lot of other reasons other than just pure receiving, which to, to some is a negative, but he's, but I say all that to say he's going to be on the field. And with that being said, if this offense is going to be successful, he isn't going to be a huge part of this offense in year one. I hope because yeah. yeah. if he is something went or, or he just shot expectations out of the roof, which is, is tough to say because we don't, you know, still don't know too much about him. Yeah, But if he winds up being a huge part of this offense, I think a lot more has gone wrong than good. So with all that said, I have his over-under of yard, just receiving yards, not not kick return or punt return, at 350. Under, under, under. Oh, whatever oh, you man. have for whatever you have for receptions and touchdowns, give me the under for that too. Unless it's like one one touchdown uh, or one and a half, uh, I, I might take the over there. Um I, yeah, Frank, I, I know he's already 25, so maybe he will be a bigger part of this offense than we think. Um, I, just, I just can't see it with rookie wide receivers who, again, like his, his tape looks a lot better than how he actually played. Like his, his, his overall numbers in Tennessee weren't that good, which is why you and I were like 
why are we why are we drafting him in the third round? Which again, why a lot of people are asking the same thing. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they want that versatile type player, but I, I'm just going to go under, under, under. I'm not going to. I've I've bought into rookie wide receivers before. Give me the under, under, under. Yeah. Well, I had I had his over under at touchdowns at two and a half. Give me the under. I, I was thinking the under two. I was thinking two on the dot, uh, and then receptions <laughs> I had at forty. Under. <laughs> under yeah i think that's yeah under under yeah i think, it's I think that's bad. fair yeah i think i mean because i i think regardless of who is like the one two and three there there's a world in which he's like the fifth but but again that may be a good thing though because like someone like dante pettis with all the talent in the world coming out of the draft a few years ago if he can get it together with I mean, it's been like a work ethic thing and him not wanting to study like if he can get that together and he steps up to be that fourth option that's a a better thing to me. I, again, I know Velas Jones is 25, but it still feels like in terms of just pure receiving, he has things to work on. So if we can give this year as that year for him to, to be Swiss army knife, you get a handoff every now and then some end around some jet sweeps thing, you know, little yeah. bubble screens. I, that's your role his, for this year. And I'm fine with that. I think his, I think his rushing numbers will be better than his receiving numbers. And, and make no mistake, they're going to use him. They're not going to spend a third round pick on a guy that's, that they're not going to use. They clearly, they clearly don't see him as a developmental player. They see him as a guy who maybe needs to improve, but can play right away. Like that's what you use second or third round picks for guys who, you know, can step in and play and and play right away. Like totally fifth round, sixth round guys or guys, maybe you can get something out of while also helping them, you know, hoping they develop um, a little bit more. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, all right, Jackie, we're moving on to the big dog himself. The, the, the guy that's going to, yeah. that is going to either, you know, continue to give us bad quarterbacks or fucking break that mold and be the greatest of all time. Jackie, there's no one between with this kid and I'm leaning towards the ladder here. Um, but I pull, so it, it was tough for me to, think of numbers without pulling from players who I thought are, were in similar positions early in their careers. Um, and then also sort of what we've already talked about, like what this style of offense is going to be. And the two the two players that I looked at were Russell Wilson early in Seattle uh, and Jalen Hurts last year with Philly. Cause that, that was the team that we felt like high end. This is what that can be. That sneaky playoff seven seed uh, sneak in there on the high end of things. So the first three years of Russell Wilson, uh, a little over 3,100 yards passing year one, year two, a little over 3,300. And then year three, uh, a little over almost 3,500. So like 32 to 35 was that range for him in the first couple of years. Then last year for Jalen hurts was almost 3,200. So his, his, his year two is very comparable to Russ's year one, which was basically hurts his year one as well. Cause his rookie year was sort of splitting time and shit with, uh, with Wentz. Um, I feel like arm talent. I mean, he uh, fields feels more like a mix of these two players. He has the arm talent of Russ, but I think his legs are a little bit better. We're like Jalen, more like Jalen hurts legs where he's more athletic than Russ was, but Russ actually shocked me with his running numbers uh, early on in his career. They were higher than I thought they were. Um, so with all that being said, we'll focus just on the passing right now. I said, Justin Fields is over under to 3000, 300 yards over you think so over he's hitting 4,000 you think four yeah oh man yeah he's he's making that jump 
He's making that jump for a full 17 game season. New play, new, new play caller, better weapons, in my opinion, than what he had last year to work with. Uh, a playbook designed for him. Yeah, 4,000. Give me the four, give me the 4K. We've waited. We've waited our entire our entire lives. We've waited. Nothing. You're right. We're getting, and, the, and, we're getting the four thousand. But you know what? The person we have to blame for that is fucking Mark Tressman, because Cutler should have had four thousand that year, and he Five, put in fucking easily, Jimmy Pickles. Easily. That son of a bitch. He he did this to us. Um, yeah, he did. He did. So I was I was over, but I was like thirty four. I, I I thought he'd, he'd hover around that number. But I'll this is the coward. reason. No, 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 no. It, it it wasn't it wasn't because I I don't have faith in Fields. It's because I think. So this this will transition us into the the running numbers. He had 420 rushing yards last year, which if you scale that to the full, I mean, you're talking like eight nine hundred yards. Like this kid's leg talent is fucking insane, and not much was drawn up for him. He had to like evade 17 sacks and then roll out to get his yardage on the ground. Um, and then it was also sort of looking at like Russell Wilson had 500 yards his first two years on the ground. 840 his third year. And then last year with Jalen Hurts, he had 785. Keeping in mind that there were a lot of design runs and, and uh, you know, RPOs and things with these quarterbacks that just wasn't happening with Justin Fields because we had an incompetent uh, play caller. I, I think this, this regime is going to lean a little bit more on his legs than his arm when it comes to thinking of like impact plays, especially in the middle of the field, like or, 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 or like near midfield as when, as when they're really going to tap into that. And even in the red zone, like we talked about earlier with different touchdown opportunities that, that that'll be presented for him. So you shit, I, I may have shot too. I may have shot too high for you. I mean, you tell me what you think my over under for rushing yards was 600, which would be a jump from 420. But if you think he's going to hit 4,000, you may go lower because the opportunity will be more in the air than that. Unless you're just saying, fuck it, 4,000 passing and 1,000 rushing. Well, okay, maybe not 5,000 yards of total. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll probably t- I'll, I'll probably take the under. Um, I'm thinking I was I was originally thinking like 550. I would like just he already was dealing with like rib injuries last year. Uh, and, and I don't know how much the, this team is going to want, like is going to tell him, keep it under control. Like let's, let's be realistic about what we're going to do here. Maybe that's why they're going to use David Montgomery and Khalil Hurt. Those numbers will be up. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit under, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not predicting the five, the five K uh, offense um, output, but it'd be cool. I, it would I, be really I, cool. I don't really think it's that unrealistic for him to hit 700 or 800 yards with uh, with 4,000 passing yards. Like if if I was saying he's going to rush for 1,100 yards, then yeah, I'll probably look more to like a Lamar Jackson type season. Like I, but I, Justin Fields is a better passer than Lamar Jackson. Probably not yes. as dynamic as a runner, but there's probably not many people who are who are that far behind in in between Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson. Like there's probably not you know, too many people that are that far away. So I, I just think this kid's special. And I, I think this, it, I, I, and I said it, I've said, it, I think he has better weapons by far than what he's had it, it, or what he had last year. Like, I, I really do. I really do believe that. 
Like people look at that wide receiver core. Fucking Marquise Goodwin was in there. Like he's he's done nothing his entire career, and he was like their they they traded a sixth round pick for Jakeem Grant, and he was probably their wide receiver too. With Allen Robinson, just like you said, just not giving a shit about last year. Like this, I I really do think this is better offense and better scheme, and it fits his talent. So I agree. I'll probably go a little lower on the rushing total, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong on that one. See, and I, I, I went a little bit, I went a little bit higher. I, I'm thinking like 700 or 750 uh, yards on, on, on the year for him. But again, I, I figured you would go lower because you, you're passing. I mean, we sort of evened out between like passing and, and, uh, and rushing, but again, and this is not me being a homer. I don't think that was you being a homer when saying like, it's not out of the realm of possibilities for like a 4,000 yard and 800, you know, 4,000 yard passing 800 yard rushing. This kid has the talent to do so. Like if anyone thinks that we're the homer, that's like, yeah, fucking fields is going to do like all these numbers. Go back and listen to our rhetoric around Mitch Trubisky. We were like, we were begging to cut his passing attempts in half and hit, let, let things be a little more economical. He even uses legs a little bit more. Cause that was clearly his strength. Uh, when this team was ready to win, like we weren't ever predicting, predicting Mitch to be like, here goes 4,500 yards. Like never. Like I, I don't feel this way about every quarterback that the bears get with Justin Fields. I, I I'm going to be completely honest with you, Jack, the last quarterback that I was this high on. And I think I'm higher on Justin than I ever was with him was Jay Cutler. And I was higher on Jay than I, you know, a lot, even later on in the tenure than probably everyone was still. Cause I still really loved his talent, but like, we don't get this type of talent on the roster with bears quarterbacks. We, we get the Mitch Trubisky's we get the, uh, the fucking Josh McCowns and the guys that are just need to be average. This kid has better than his ceiling is better than average, man. Um, and the reports that are coming out, you know, just with his leadership and what he's doing and his, his ability to connect with his teammates and the different things he's doing to build those relationships there. Like it may not be this year. And and that's what I dislike is I, I still have people you know, that, that are, uh, even last year, any little mistake he made, look, that's your boy that we drafted fucking relax, pump the brakes. It's not going to happen in a year, but like, if you don't see the talent oozing off of your television screen, when Joe Buck is fucking commenting his heart out, when this kid is fucking wheeling and dealing, I don't know what to tell you. Cause, cause this kid, again, it's, it's the small stuff he has to clean up, which comes with experience and, and, and a, a mentor that knows what he's doing to help him clean that up. But just the pure talent in it of itself, he has it all there. There isn't a throw. He can't make his legs are awesome. I just, I mean, just like you said, it, it, you know, just running the football the creme de la creme is Lamar Jackson right now with like Josh Allen, probably being in that conversation as like the echelon under Kyler Murray being in that conversation, maybe a tad bit above Josh, but like what other, just using your legs, who else? I mean, Justin Fields is right there with, that second echelon of, of, of player of using his legs. Like he has that, but then you watch the throws that he makes and you're like, there isn't like a a drop off where sometimes you see that with mobile quarterbacks. I mean, Lamar Jackson is, is one of them where it's like his legs are clearly better than his arm consistently. Like he has his games where he's like throwing dimes, but he's still, it's like, there's some games you're like, ah, he, it doesn't feel like he can make all the throws. Justin, makes all the throws like he it's and it's not even about arm strength 
Lamar Jackson can fucking wheel it like 80. Him, him and uh, Josh Allen probably have the two strongest arms in the league. Just pure raw. How far can you throw the ball? It's the touch that Justin has that, that Josh Allen had eventually developed that, that sort of touch that he's able to put on the ball and place it where he needs it to be. Again, consistency. Hopefully we get that with, with a real scheme and yada, yada. We've said it a million times, but just the talent dude, I, I potentially shot low here with, with these, but I was sort of comparing it to, to, you know, comparable players and comparable second schemes, jump, second year jump, second right. year jump and things. But like, there is a world in which he blows this out of the water. And again, we talked about this last week. Like, we're sort of our expectations are, you know, a middling team, maybe a little bit worse than that. That is gearing up with next year with all the money that we have and a first round pick actually, and potentially more if you trade another veteran or two in the off season. Um, but all of that goes out the window if this kid makes a fucking Pat Mahomes type of jump because he has that talent. Like, right. and I'm not saying that is going to happen, but there, it's not out of the realm of possibility for this kid to fucking explode next year. Hopefully not in the, Sean, the, the Deshaun Watson type of way. Easy, relax. relax. Jesus Christ. Conversation for another day, Frank. Jesus Christ. Uh, what are what are his touchdown totals? Let's let's get let's oh, get to those. Th- 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 those were the last two that I had. Yeah. Touchdown. Well, touchdown or interception. So touchdown, I set the over under at twenty two. Interception, and it could it could, it just depends on how much they throw the ball, especially like red zone. If they use his legs, his his he may have a lot more rushing touchdown. He may have like you know twenty passing and like 10 uh, uh running but then his picks i had at 12 uh i'll take the over on that too um i'm, I'm thinking i'm thinking 15 to 18 is probably is probably about right um if they do pass as much as i expect them to uh and again just more opportunities for him to throw uh touchdowns i, I think i think i think 25 to 30 is realistic um I, it, that's that's where I'd expect that to be if he's thrown if he's throwing four thousand yards, you know, he's right, gotta right, be right. around around that twenty-five to thirty touchdown mark. Um rushing touchdowns. I'm thinking like three to four. I, I really don't think it's gonna be that many. Um I think when they're in the goal line, they'll be smarter about how they use him. Um with David Montgomery, with Khalil Herbert, guys we've talked about in the past, maybe a little bit more, um, uses weapons. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, Lamar Jackson where he's rushing for 12 touchdowns or anything like that. Um, I think there'll be a jump, but not not, not anything absurd. I, I think I think this year is a development of his arm more so than his legs. That, that's kind of how I'm picturing this season going. No, that's fair. And I, I think what this our over-unders came down to is how much we think the team's actually going to throw the football. I think they're going to throw the ball yeah. a little bit less than you are. For me... I went slightly under with the touchdown. I got him at like 20 or 21, but then pretty significantly under with the picks. I used the picks based off of Russ and Hertz where they were uh, and sort of put it smack dab in the middle. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be like 21 touchdowns, eight picks. The the big thing, and I, I didn't want to set an over under with it for me because even in the world where, where you're correct here and he has like 15, 16 picks, I can live with that. I don't give a fuck as long as he's like giving his players a chance uh, to do their thing, which he's shown that he's, wants to throw the ball downfield and be aggressive. It's the fumbles. I need that to be significantly yeah. lower this next year. And I, again, <laughs> I, I felt uncomfortable making an over under cause it's like, it's just happenstance. You can't it's, really predict that. Right. Yeah. It's tough, right. but those numbers do need to be down. Um, and then rushing I'm higher than you, but again, it's just because I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more and utilize him more on the goal line. I'm thinking like six or seven rushing touchdowns for him. 
I just don't want them to to run the ball with him that much because listen, listen, like as exciting as it is, we've I I've seen how you you've seen how easy that is to just derail a career for a young quarterback, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton. Like people can say it all you want. Eventually, you got to get smart with how you run the ball. So I and we kind of saw it last year. Like he wasn't dumb running the football. Like he wasn't just like Mitch Trubisky just just doing whatever it is that you, and you're just like, what are you doing out there? Like the only thing that we talked about the fumbles, like you said, and then turning his back to guys before taking a hit. Like that's, that's where I, I, I'm concerned with him, but you know, when he decided to go, how he was, how elusive he can be like, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be smarter, more like more efficient at running as opposed to just going absolutely insane. And because he didn't really do that at Ohio State, like he used his legs, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't rushing for a thousand. He wasn't Lamar Jackson. Like that's not that's right. not his game. No, so. I, I, I agree. And I want your world to be the world we live in, because the less we draw runs and things for him, the better. I, I want him to run the ball when no one's open and you're sort of getting that six, seven, eight yards run out of bounds, extend the football a little bit over. And then we, you know, get the second down. Like I don't want, but I, I think the thing that I've learned from coaching staffs and, and full regimes, even in like rebuilds or retools, they're still trying to win. And that is a big weapon for him. Uh, I, you know, and, and anyone with eyes can see that. And even in your world, you're not saying it's not going to have, he's going to be a pure fucking Peyton Manning pocket passer. But in your, I, I like your world better than the thing that I think is going to happen of like, we're limiting that we're using it when we need it or when we can catch teams off guard or just less than someone <laughs> like Lamar Jackson, who's had injury issues already. Like the, the running quarterback. I mean, the, the only ones as of recent that we've seen have some longevity to that were built like fucking defensive ends. Cam Newton and Josh right. Allen. These do you can beat them for a little bit because they're fucking ginormous. Like get, getting hit by a 210 pound corner for Cam Newton and Josh Allen doesn't hurt as much as it does to someone like Justin Fields and, and Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Like these guys are a little bit smaller than those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love, I would love him to throw 5,000 yards, you know, 2000 yards rushing, but I don't think he's, I don't think that's realistic. Um, I, I, I'm just, you know, these numbers can change, um, you know, once we actually see what this offense looks like, like preseason or even, you know, week one, week two, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident that this offense will be better than what we've seen in the past. And, and again, these numbers might sound insane to a bears fan, but these numbers are like sneezed at, scoffed at for teams like the Chiefs, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Colts when they had Peyton Manning, the Saints. Like, this is what competent NFL offenses look like when they have a top-end quarterback. And for all intents and purposes, I believe that the Bears do. So if I believe that, why would I Why would I go low? Why would I go low with that? I, I, I think Justin Fields has all the talent. I think he's in a much better system a much better coaching staff and a much better offense all around offensive line. I think is better running back room is probably about the same, but the wide receiver room I think is better. I, I just, I just, I, you know, I, I just don't get people who, who just don't think that the offense, like the wide receivers, there's nobody, like, it's just, you just don't watch football then. Like, <laughs> like I, 
I just don't get it. I, I don't get it, Frank. No, I totally agree. But I, I think these guys are also comparing it to Super Bowl teams. And yeah. it's like, we're not no. there yet. So, like, anyone, like, it was really getting annoying to me when people were like, oh, are we in? Should we be in on the A.J. Brown sweepstakes? Or oh, can we trade for Tyreek Hill? I fucking can't believe. What are they? They're just sitting on their asses. Bring back Ryan Pace. No. You don't win that way by continuing to give up draft capital. It's just, it's not what you do. And like, you, you have to build. Julio Jones now, who's 35 years oh, old. Oh, God. Who's going to play fucking yeah. four games and have one good one? I mean, what, what, are, yeah. we, what are we doing? But it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's those things where now, two, three years down the road, if we've established an identity and like Justin Fields has clearly taken that next step and we're neglecting, like, if Darna Mooney isn't a number one, which he probably isn't, and like an AJ Brown type of guy is out there and we're not making those moves, yes, I will be upset. But I, people who have these weird expectations with that are like, I, I, outside of the, the casual people who really don't understand football that well, but the ones who do and are still upset, you're, I, I think they think this team is something that it's not. And and that's... Oh, a, shocker. Not, Bears fans yeah. thinking that this team is something that it's not? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, no, Frank, this was uh, this was really good. Next week, we'll, we'll obviously talk about some over-unders for, for the defensive side. Probably be a, a considerably shorter conversation because uh, there yeah. aren't as many... Uh, positions to talk about um, in terms of players. But I think overall, I think, you know, we are both really, you know, just really excited about the prospects of this offense being in a better system, better staff overall. Um, And and again, I, I won't feel bad for the, for being excited about the offense. This is the only time to be excited until things go terribly in the first couple weeks so i'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts you're goddamn right jackie i had a ton of fun i'm excited to talk about uh the defense next week you know over under 45 and a half a blitz gaps or a, a gap blitzes for our boy roquan we're getting into the nitty-gritty baby i'm ready for That's it. it all right frankie well we'll talk about the bears defense next week then i'll talk to you later absolutely later everybody later jackie